What's up, Dirty Cones? What's up, Dirty Cones? <laughs> How are you? We oh, this might be one of those podcasts. Uh-huh. Okay, we will speak louder. We will speak louder. We use our instructor voice. Yes, we will. Shandon, well, that's a pretty good instructor voice. I like it. Thank you. You could you could pull me over anytime. Okay. I'll get my I'll get my glasses like oh. special guest. There we go. So we're on our way back from a yoga surf retreat weekend. We were in South Padre. First time there. Uh, it's our initial time there. Oh, that's right. No, Shandon now has to buy us a case of beer. This is why you never admit anything is your first. We have two special guest stars. That are so famous and so special. More infamous than anything. Oh, way more <laughs> uh, Magic Micah. And, and, oh. Oh, Alright, hello. My name is Magic Micah. Look, here's the deal. Um, I've gone through many nicknames in my life, but I've been invited onto the podcast. I'm very happy to be here. I'm going to be dropping bombs, dropping knowledge, letting you, letting you people know what's up, how to live life, how not to live life. And only write down the things that I'm talking about if you are not afraid of extremes either way. If you are, you just shouldn't shouldn't adopt my mentality because you're going to get fucked up. Excuse my language. Well, wow. thank you. Okay. And then our other friend, Ben. Gentle Ben. Hey guys, happy to be on the podcast. I'm the contrary to the Magic Micah. I'll just be the quiet guy in the corner. Um, former PJ, former contractor turned counselor so I know a little bit about the idea of what you're venturing into and the aftermath and we'll uh, get this chat going and see what you can learn nice we have a clap track track. track. (laughs) wow a whole audience Uh, wow so I'm, I'm almost tempted to just let them start I think we should so we'll just go with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Ben, I got to ask you, in your years of being a PJ and uh, uh, also doing contract work overseas, what was the main difference you saw in sort of the structure and uh, motivations between the two, uh, you know, between the two, I guess, fighters? So I assume you're asking me between uh, being a contractor and being an active duty military guy? Correct. Active duty military first, and then as a contractor doing different jobs in, in that. To me, it's uh, I'm curious as to how each company and everything works and uh, you know the types of people that you were sort of, and mentalities you ran into while active duty as a, and, and in each company, if there were differences. Sure, yeah, that's a pretty good question. Um, the majority, I would say all, but that would be a sweeping generalization. So the majority of the contractors are former action guys. You know, guys like us sitting here in the car after their time active duty or in the guard and they come out contracting. So there's a little bit of a different mentality. Um, I would say active duty, you're in patriotism mode and protecting freedom and feeling honored by wearing the flag, right? And as a contractor, you don't have exactly the same feel. Um, The coordinations are much more difficult to work with the DOD um, and to combine any of the government operations with the contractors always has a little bit of a rift. Almost like we have our inner service rivalries, right? Like 
with the Marine Corps and the Air Force cracking jokes back and forth and that kind of thing, like a little bit of a friendly rivalry between contractors and active duty personnel. And it has a lot to do with, you know, the way that you live your life overseas as a contractor versus the active duty guys and girls. Um, and I think there's a little bit of curiosity. There's a little bit of jealousy there. So it's a little bit harder as a contractor to integrate yourself into the operations to get trust and all those kinds of things. Um, so the contractors tend to find a group of guys or girls that they work with really well together that they trust and travel around in that group um, because of that difficulty in the mixture, I think. Nice. Well, that answers my question. Thanks. Here you go, Mike. Hey, I, that's, that's good for me. Well, I, I have a follow-up question. The, is the, do you feel the camaraderie and the... Because, I mean, if you're picking the people you want to die with, do you like these people more than the people that you get stuck with, say, on a ST and they give you, like, all these dudes and you're like, I don't like this guy or that guy or... And I'll, I'll take my question off the air. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I learned very early on in the contracting game, working for a couple different companies, doing a couple of different stupid things, uh, that there are guys that you should trust and guys that you should not work for, guys you should work with, and guys you should not work with. And that was a hard lesson. I learned that over a couple of different companies. Um, and I'll tell you something, my very first contracting gig was not what you would think. Going overseas, getting all the cool gear, lots of money in all of the uh, parts of the operation so that you feel like a rock star, I was actually in Dallas working detective work for people on this website called uh, sugardaddy.com there's these old guys that are paying rent or stipends to females for companionship and this guy wanted his sports car back that he had given to one of these girls because she was cheating on him according to him so I was working for a former Navy SEAL captain, which was something that I probably should not have done. <laughs> and he produced this idea that we were gonna be doing all this glorious work. And it was my first contracting gig out of active duty time. So I thought, I'm going overseas, I'm killing terrorists, I'm gonna work with CIA guys and, and OGA and all that kind of stuff. And here I am in Dallas recording conversations of this female to catch her going out with different sugar daddies so this guy could get the courage up to ask for his car back. <laughs> so, I don't know, but maybe that answers your question because I never worked for that guy again. Well, did, you the, did you get the car back? Yes. Oh. It was a success. Okay. As all things that you do are. Yeah. <laughs> so... If, if you had, either one of you, a piece of advice that you could give to a young person, like, either join the Air Force or just starting off on anything, you know, like, drink water, you know, hydrate, like, whatever you think that would be helpful, you only got one, one thing you can say to a person, what would you say, Magic Micah? Um, make sure that you, okay, it's kind of tough to... I would, I would say make sure that you have 
a family member, somebody that you're blood related to or some people that you're blood related to that have your back, like 100% have your back. And it would be ideal that those people have a pretty good spiritual connection uh, or some sort of faith or prayer or whatever because I believe I'm only alive with all my arms, legs, and most of my fucking psyche because of that. And, and you know what? And I'll say one more thing on the flip side. On the flip side, cut out. Cut out a lot of people. Just cut out a lot of people. You already know who they are. Like, there's not one person that's going to go into special operations that's going to have... Uh, that's going to build the amount of focus necessary over the years and the obsession necessary to stay in that world and not and, and not cut off relationships. So you might as well just start cutting off the bad relationships now, the questionable ones, and just, just get used to that because your focus is your life, you know, like your focus is everything. So don't mess around. Like I was looking back at my career and like I was single the whole time. Uh, I was married to what I was doing and that's why I, you know, feel like I took it as far as I possibly could. So that's how I would, that's how I would put it. I like it. Oh no, no, you were next. All right. So I think mine is your mind is more powerful than your body. Treat it as such. We spend all our time, all our time with physical fitness but we have not perfected or even spent enough time on mental fitness, mental health, and all of that work before you get in, while you're in, when you get out, to treat it like it is the most powerful thing that you possess, because it is. So I'm not saying stop working out. I'm saying do the same thing for mental health that you do for physical health with the same tenacity, put the same amount of time and effort into it, and that will keep you whole. I liked what you said this weekend, how you were saying that, like, you'll you'll spend $100 on getting your oil changed, but you don't want to spend more than $60 for, you know, to speak to somebody, to a counselor. And Shannon and I are always talking about the importance of a counselor, if anybody, you, like, you need somebody you can talk to. Now, preferably, you get what you pay for, so if, you know, you're either getting it for free from your aunt... Or you're paying some dude on the corner, you know, Lucy, five cents. You're not going to get anything good. So, you know, it's you get what you pay for. But you should pay for it because your mind being a muscle, in, in my mind, that you have to use to keep going. But also, like, in regards to that, like what we talked about, is, like, people get so turned off and will never go back to therapy after one bad therapeutic experience. And... We don't really do that in any other aspects of our life. If you have a bad sexual experience, do you stop having sex? No. If you go to the grocery store, and I mean, every, we do everything multiple times, but we'll write off our mental health so quickly. So if you get a shitty therapist and you don't like it, go find another one. But don't quit doing that because it is as important as changing your oil and taking care of your body. Everything Ben just said. Maybe, maybe try... Th- two to three if you can't find one because there are probably more shitty therapists than... There's a lot. You're going to have to try a couple times. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's just normal. That's part of it. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. I think looking at a therapist's background, learning a little bit about them to see if that's something that you connect with or someone that you'd like to guide you through some of these processes. And 
um, when we're talking about the whole money aspect of it, because I'm talking to you guys, I would say treat it like supplements and nutrition, what you do for your body. How much do you spend a month on protein powder, pre-workout, equipment, the gym, all of those things? How much money do you spend on it? Take some of that money or set aside the same amount to spend on your mental health. So then bouncing back to you, Micah, you're, you're, because I think you're talking about your cousin, right? You were talking about him earlier? Or I, I'm not, you don't have to say who. I'm talking about different family members. No, I wasn't actually talking okay. about him. All right, well, so do you have a family member that, like, or a friend or somebody that knows just about everything about you? Um, I would say I have friends that are... Yeah, family members that know just about everything, of course. Friends that know just about everything. Um, of course, with each person, you you tend to talk about different types of subjects based on what you have in common. So there's, you know, some family members that know a little bit about that. Some families know a little bit about that. I can't say that there's one family member that knows, like, everything about about me. No. Well, and, and so you're a little bit younger than us, and I, and I, I say that's a good thing at, at one point. But at some point... In, in your life, find someone that you can tell everything to, right? Because if you have one person, and for me it's Shanda, that you can like drop everything and just be like, this is what I'm thinking. Like I tell her some things and she's like, eh, maybe we shouldn't talk about that, you know? Or yeah, yeah, okay, you can talk about that on the podcast. But, you know, or don't don't ever bring that up. Don't say that to anybody ever again, <laughs> you know? But I have her to bounce my ideas because they're thoughts, you know, and you have to have thoughts, you know, right? You were saying you think, therefore you are, right? No, reverse. Okay, you are, therefore you think. Yes. All right, same thing. But you have to use it. You got to do it. And and so if, if, if I can encourage you one day to find someone that you can do that with, it really helps with the counseling. If I have a counselor that I can talk to and he, because I've, I mean, I've told counselors all kinds of crazy shit too. And they look at me and they go, okay. And, and they're like, if somebody else had told me that, I would have to notify somebody. But because I know you're not going to do anything and you're just playing thoughts out, I, I therefore, you know, trust you. Okay, I appreciate that. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. So you're saying that there is, there is a, mm, I don't know. A person. So you're saying there's a person that you, that you feel you would, you, you would advise me that there's a person you would feel like that could come into your life where you could could and would tell them everything yes. all of it I don't know man you obviously trust me enough I provided some kind of space for you that made you feel like you could do that well you're the most non-judgmental person I know yeah so and I don't know if that comes from you as you or you as a counselor or throw everything all in together mm-hmm. but it's just and I think can I say Ben? Yeah. I, I think Ben. Yeah, I would just say for me, that's that's my wife. We're best friends. I can tell her everything, literally everything. She's the only one who knows it all. Um, she has been there through it all, and so there are things that we've had we've had battles with. Right, our relationship has taken a lot of work. We've been together 22 years. Next weekend. Um, and she was there for the beginning of getting into the military all the way through and then contracting and getting out and all of that. 
And I would say that that has had the most value for me in, in mental health and transitioning and being comfortable now being former in everything. Um, that was invaluable. So I would, I would back up Mike's suggestion a hundred percent. I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you in compartmentalizing and, or if I have this issue, I call this person, or if I have this issue, I call this person. I, now I'm going to call Ben when I have these issues, you know? And so you, you, the, like we, you and I've been talking you know, a couple of weeks about like building your village and people and that, you know, we're, we're not going to prep cause we're just going to go shoot the preppers and then take their shit. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> in a way, yeah, let me just add a note here on prepping side changing on prepping. All right. All of you cones out there. All right. Everybody listen to this. Okay. And, and, and the beauty of what I'm about to say is the preppers ain't going to hear it. Okay. So you're going to have to jump. So what you need to do is just take note of the preppers out there. That's all you need to do. Know where they are, okay? Because as soon as the shit hits, hits the fan, the whole game's going to change. Everyone's going to be under a psychological fucking illusion about whatever they feel is going on. And people are going to have to be figuring out day by day. So what you're going to do is arm yourself to the teeth, take out that prepper and take his shit. And then go on to the next one and on to the next one. And then pay him or her gratitude for their stupidity and your survival. <laughs> <laughs> you better fucking remember me. People's Exhibit A. When you start thinking through this, okay, when you start thinking through a doomsday Armageddon situation, you didn't think about that. That's because you're not me, okay? That's why I'm here t- talking to you. Um, our idea is to grow our own garden <laughs> and be self sustainable. <laughs> But Magic Micah knows where you live. So grow the garden big enough and it's over. We'll, we'll grow all the fruit and vegetables he doesn't like. And, <laughs> and there's a second option right there. So Mike says, you know what? He makes friends. He's friendly. Do you honestly think that I would come to this guy's house and try and steal his stuff? No. No, of course not. Because we're friends. So... <laughs> I guess your other survival mechanism is to make a lot of friends. <laughs> yes, that is completely my first survival mechanism. <laughs> make a lot of friends. <laughs> Roasting their dog. <laughs> oh, oh. And that has been this whole weekend. We've, I've, I've had at least five, six times where I laughed so hard I couldn't breathe. Uh, we, what was the question though? <laughs> oh well, I was just saying that a good thing to do is to have people that you can talk to, and oh, well, so like, so think about this: um, at a cones, at eighteen, nineteen, you got maybe like one or two people. You got your dad, maybe an uncle, maybe a coach of some sort that you can reach out to. And so as you, as, uh, so when I got to the team. Or uh, my uh, the advice that someone gave me once was when you get to the teams, you you align yourself under a master sergeant and you let that dude teach you everybody, teach you everything. Right? My idea was you whore yourself out to every master sergeant you can find and you learn everything because everybody's got a different piece of the puzzle or a different way of looking at it or a different view. And the more views that you can understand, the better a person you're going to be and the more likely your chances of survival, unless you're in the back of the helicopter or a plane, 
then it's you're just fucked. But every other time, it'll be on you to keep yourself alive because you're aware of things and you talk to people. Okay, I feel you. It makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, am I supposed to take that somewhere? I wish I, I wish no, I, no, no, uh, no, no, okay. I, we weren't like, what, I'm just. You is the younger, better looking, you know, I, I was like, I, I gotta give him this little info because I, I knew what I, well, I didn't know what I was doing. I just was like, Mike Maltz, fucking Bill Sign, like anybody, Brian Higgins, that I could just get information from and learn from. And then I took that into my whole life. And just, you know, oh, I want to learn how to do, you know, I guess everybody watch YouTube now, but, um, I think prepping to go to these things is learn to listen to everybody. Like somebody's got a nugget of, of wisdom or something that they're going to drop on you and you go, what the fuck? Oh my God. Be water. What? You know? Yeah. Humans learn by osmosis. So you get around and get with the people that are doing what you want to do and you just mimic. It's really actually quite simple. Like we're, we're not, you know, these super genius, crazy, amazing right. people. It's really just about being close to and being in proximity with that which you, you know, want to, I guess, embody. And it just happens. And you notice it too because you're not even going to pick up on things always just with your attention. It's subconscious. Uh, you notice that, oh, this environment has made me do this and this environment has made me do that. Uh, this, just talking to this person about this has opened me up to a new mentality. Um, yeah, you can definitely see that all the time. Um, and you can also, uh, uh, I mean, you can, you, yeah, like we were just talking about YouTube. You can do that online. Like I, I routinely look up people that I respect that are maybe really good investors or, uh, you know, have a very, very good skill, a skill that I, you know, want to develop or something like that. And uh, I'll watch their interviews. I'll try and catch any any sort of uh, something of them doing doing actions or speaking about what they do. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just. So I think remember. All right. So earlier we were talking about your recon ability and how you you research. Right. You're looking up. You're like so how you being maybe just a fundamentally inquisitive person, but also an intelligent person, and understanding the importance of intelligence and what it does you understanding that you can bring that piece of the puzzle and that's how you got into your job yeah so like with pjs right it's about caring under you know extreme circumstances right but ultimately it's about care like you're going into this you know place where no one else can or will care and trying to you know bring aid do something save and give someone a second chance whatever it may be right well that's not my mentality <laughs> you know what i'm saying so and i didn't really know that but i just went for you know special recon and like did that and then i noticed after the fact like wow i i really talk to a lot of people and i get a lot of information from people just naturally like i just like to understand people and what they're doing what motivates them and i'm i'm interested in that and getting gathering that intelligence Whoa, okay, so that was an expression of who the fuck I was in the Air Force for my career. I was reconning, you know, whatever they wanted me to, and then I was talking to, you know, the commanders and, uh, you know, the Ranger commanders and generals and whoever had missions going on, pilots, uh, and, and, you know, trying to frame their mind so that they could do their job to the best of their abilities. But it was like prep work. It was like, I'm going to get the information and make sure you're prepared so you can go do whatever you're going to do. And I've done that. Like, I prefer to caddy in golf as opposed to play golf. 
Do you know what I mean? So what is that? Well, I prefer to have a look of everything going on, studying it, and make sure that this person that's actually golfing or doing whatever you know they're doing the mission per se knows what's up. That's an example. Um, so yeah, I think that your personality will come out for sure. Uh, it's already there. You already, you already, you know what I mean. It's not anything you have to think about. It. It's something you just get to discover and realize down the down the road. Right. And so, like that was one of the nuggets I I really enjoyed getting from you was just because I I'm always constantly asking, all right, where does this come from? You know. And if you keep peeling away those uh, layers, oh, this is where it comes from. You know, maybe it's nurture, maybe it's nature. Your your parents did it you learned it from a teacher you know whatever it where does it come from and it's it's interesting because it once you understand yourself then it's easier to understand yourself and you start opening more things up and and that definitely happens as as uh, like in my 40s um my godfather told me he's like your 20s you don't know what the fuck's going on you're just fucking here your 30s you're like oh okay i'm starting to figure it out boom you know it's things start make sense i'm connecting dots your 40s you've been doing it long enough you know what's right you know what's wrong you know who you are you know what you stand for and you know you just live your life and so it, it definitely like every year i feel just a little bit smarter so i'm kind of enjoying that and and so yesterday all right, so I don't like to ride with a leash. And uh, if I if I lose my board, which I did lose it yesterday, then I go for a little bit of swim. But I only lost it once, so I was happy. My snowboard, yes, because we were... Surfboard. My surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, today we had two boards stolen, so I did lose those. But we... No leash. No, no leash. <laughs> but the good thing is we have more room, so we're happy. But so I'm paddling out. I'm surfing, and I'm, I'm haunted by the words of Ben, and he said, you learn or you grow, and, and, I, and I, I learned or I grew, and when I lost my board, I grew, because I had to swim after it, but, we, so this is going to be our new t-shirt, and we, we're stealing it, trademarking it, <laughs> it's gone. We already bought the website. We already bought the website, and, but I, I firmly believe in you learn or you grow and and so I'm gonna give it to Ben because it's his words but it really touched me and like like a priest and 11 year old boy <laughs> just for the record I'm not Catholic nor am I a priest so that whatever that was for Mike I had nothing to do with the wisdom part yes <laughs> so I'm happy that you were touched um, in an intellectual way but um, yeah my principle always has been that way I think because I realized that I was growing through things that were difficult, right? I would learn from mistakes, but I would grow through a difficult experience. And um, my message to like the lacrosse guys is always learning or growing because if they mess up in something that we've already done a million times and they're expected to know it, then they do eight counts or they do push-ups or iron mics or something like that. So their muscles are growing, right? So if they don't learn the principle, if they're not putting it in place, then they're going to grow instead. And I think that applies beautifully with your surfer's leash experience yesterday because I do wear a leash because the difficult thing that I was learning from was paddling out and getting beat up, right? I didn't want to add to that by having to chase my board into the shore. So I was already in an experience where I was learning and growing and I didn't need to 
make myself vulnerable to something that would be overwhelming. So in that principle of the learn or grow is also an idea of you don't have to take it all on at once. Learn from that one thing, grow from that one experience. Don't surround yourself with an impossible scenario, right? Yep. Kaizen method. Because you were, you were talking about the Kaizen method yesterday. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, the Kaizen method is as long as you are 0.0001% better than you were yesterday, you are 0.0001% better than you were yesterday. And 0.001 today is 0.0002 tomorrow is 2%, is 3%, is, is growth. And, and growth on the little things. Here's one to write down. And if you don't have a notepad and pen, get one out. Because we're about to drop some dimes here coming up. I can tell you that. Uh, most people underestimate what they can do. Most people overestimate what they can do in one year. But they severely underestimate what they can do in five years or ten years. And that, and that's just, you know, the the... It's just how our human mind works. Like we, we want instant results. We don't really have an appreciation for how long things take, for how much time, for the process of investment, for buy-in, for all kinds of things that have to happen on, you know, physical level, emotional level, psychological levels. Like for true change, for true growth, for true anything. So, uh, uh, you know. That means when you're talking about your five and ten year goals and plans, which you should have and you should have them written down, make them real, real fucking big. And when you talk about the one years, make them, you know, keep that in mind. Back it off. But there's definitely an underestimating and overestimating. uh, And just I think human beings just don't have, especially when you're younger, you just don't have a concept of time and how long life is or... Uh, you know, you haven't had that many experiences on a conscious level. What? I guess your your brain's not fully developed till you're 25. Is that true? 27. 27 is what they say. You say you show 37. 37. It's probably you know it depends on you know how many drugs and alcohol, how much drugs and alcohol you've consumed, and you know McDonald's and late night Taco Bell. But I go bet to sleep. you <laughs> go to sleep, get rest. Yeah, we could talk about sleep for a long time. But no, I wanted to add that in. There's an underestimating. Uh, and an overestimating a lot of times when you're talking about different time concepts and um, Yeah, it's something to really to really consider and Look, we're talking about focus and mental focus like if you're writing down your goals and you're syncing them up to time That's creating focus from the get-go right then and there So I was thinking two things one thing um, under promise and over deliver and and then I want to ask you like as you being did you save your pays? I mean, were you investing and saving? How much money were you saving to prepare for your future? So I believe in three laws, the law of spending, the law of saving, and the law of investment. And uh, my parents were not good with money and didn't know how to save, so I built in the law of saving into my finances. Uh, you know, you had steady pay coming in, and so I would save between 10 to 20%, depending on what was going on with my lifestyle, but always that. Um, for a rainy day and uh, I had some rainy days and I made it through much easier because I, I did do that uh, you know I knew a lot of guys uh, on the first they would get paid on the second and third they would be asking for money because they dropped it all in the strip club and then they would do that on the 15th I mean that's an extreme example but uh, it happens and it happens uh, often or um, they would get into a bad relationship which 
Um, relationships and money are intimately tied, I believe, and uh, if you don't have a good relationship, you'll notice it in your money. And if you don't have, and if you, uh, and, you know, and it, and it, and it, it goes up and down, but um, yeah, I think relationships are also very important when it comes to money. But yeah, I had I had the law of saving down pat, and I'm, I'm getting into the law of investing now. It is very nice to have a GI or to have a VA loan. I'll just say that right off the bat. If you have time, money, and inclination, and um, you can find some people that have rental properties on the side because those things can uh, can really help you out. Oh. <laughs> Back to you, George. But you don't seem to be doing too bad. No, we do fine. I just. Uh, I mean, I'm going to try to call you back. <laughs> no, hey, I have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I uh, might want to check his offshore accounts. Um, no, I, d- I don't do badly. I My parents, same as Magic Mike over here, did not teach me well in principles of debt and uh, finance. And it wasn't something that was talked about in my house um, at all. So I did not have that knowledge. I got married very young. And we had to climb through challenge after challenge financially, right? When I was a young senior airman uh, working full-time for the government, we didn't make enough money to get above the poverty line. So we were actually on welfare, WIC stamps at the time, for cheese, diapers, milk, eggs, all that kind of stuff as a senior airman in the military. I wasn't spending frivolously or anything like that. It's just that we had a son and... We were married and we had expenses and it was not enough to pay for everything. So there is a lot of importance on understanding those laws uh, that Mike was discussing. And so that's, I think that's a huge part of your success to not have financial stresses while you're trying to do all of these other things, while you're trying to get through schools, while you're trying to train up, while you're trying to do your best in your career. Not having to worry about finances is something that will free you and give you more mental capacity to succeed in what you want to do, for sure. I just don't have any investment advice for you because I contracted for so long and I'm still paying stuff off. So that means I'm not as smart with my money as I should have been. I built a couple businesses, they bombed, that kind of thing. So we've overcome some challenges for sure. My kids have never wanted for anything. I feel very blessed and very... um, fortunate to be where I am I know that it could be I could be in a better situation financially for sure in hindsight of course so my dad was a big saver uh, and he taught me to save like so I'm I'm big on saving because you know I mean look I like surfboards and going on trips and stuff so you save your money so you can do stuff but I think back also to like and, and so I want to get into brainwashing with you guys um, I was a Cub Scout And so, like, I brainwashed myself into their indoctrination, you know, and be frugal, be kind, be courteous, and save money. Like, so, at six, seven years old, I'm I'm being indoctrinated into the Cub Scouts. I'm not saying it in a bad way. I I, I just think it's funny because we all get brainwashed in something, you know, and uh, or, or I feel that I've survived because of my brainwashing because I told myself, don't quit. You're not gonna like it's a it's a brainwashing, and so I thought it was funny that mine, I money ideas all come from. <laughs> what is what does Jane Goodall have to say about the monkeys? 
I think that's all, especially the financial part, because being so young, you just want to blow it all and have the shiniest thing and the nicest truck and the blah, 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 but that gets you nowhere. And that's, of course, a, an egocentric way of using your money. Look at all the shit that I have. Just don't do it. Be, be di- disciplined is freedom, right? Be disciplined with your finances just as you are with your workouts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It is, there's very important things to being a responsible human. Your finances, your health, your mental health, all the things that we've been discussing. And use the wisdom that you're listening from these guys. Like, this is not for nothing. So, oh. Well, I just want to say that, for me at least, none of these things came to me when I was in Cone World. This is stuff that I've grown to understand through those experiences that I've had, right? We've, we've had our own ups and downs, our own bad days, our own difficulties, mistakes, all of those things that put us in scenarios we had to learn and grow from. And so passing it on to you, this is verbal. It's your choice to take it in and make it something that has power for you and use it so that you don't get in the same situation. You can learn different lessons. You can grow in different ways and you can avoid the ones that we're telling you about because that's what we went through. That is the entire reason for this podcast is it's basically don't do this. (laughs) Learn from me and go do something else, you know? cycles of these generational behaviors and we can finally evolve but until we break these cycles uh, oh my god i would recommend bragging um because i think that bragging i can't i don't even know if the, is this still recording by yeah yeah it's still, it's still going yeah we're at 37 minutes Oh, we're just getting started. Yeah. Just getting started. All right. So I would recommend bragging, uh, you know, and, and I think that it's very important to to put things out there that you are doing in order to change stuff. And if you're doing them well and you're proud of it. Wait, wait. Who are you bragging to? Well, your friends or anybody, oh, really. Yeah. Uh, your family, whatever. Like, oh, <laughs> silent professional. No, I'm not a silent professional anymore. No, we, we noticed him. <laughs> So what's funny is I tell him don't say nothing, like because these motherfuckers. Have, have you worked with anybody lately? So um, Magic Mike used to work for T3I, so he's seen some of you dirty fuckers. Oh, now you're gonna no, I'm not. Uh, okay, hold on. Wait, you know? No, wait, no, 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 no. I can't, can't say that. No, no, no. Well, he I likes you. He likes yeah. dirty cones. <laughs> I used to work for T3I. Yes, all right. It's a it's a very very good company. Oh, I would. All right. Yes, he's he likes the company. I, <laughs> They're too easy on you guys, and you guys are fucking weak and lazy and getting away with shit that you shouldn't. But that's just my opinion. But they—they're—they're they're, so many of these dudes are tourists, and they tell everybody, oh, "I'm gonna be a PJ. Oh, I'm gonna be a PJ. Oh, I'm gonna be a controller." Shut the fuck up. That's not bragging. It is bragging. That's fronting. What's it? Okay. Because you're actually doing it. Do you get what I'm saying? All right. So, all right. Well, so okay. I would say that's fronting. So if you're not a PJ and you're not living that PJ life, then you shouldn't be talking about that PJ life because you're not. You got nothing to brag about because you're not doing it. I'm sorry. Okay. Bragging is when you actually have it and you're actually doing it and you're letting people know as well. And the reason that you're doing that is for added social pressure and added. Uh, 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 you're putting extra social pressure on yourself, which brings more out of you. That, that's what I honestly believe. So it's like, like it's like accountability in a way. Bragging is a is a form of accountability, and it's fun as hell. If done properly. Uh, if done properly. But how many people know how to do it properly? Well, now we've now we've broken it down a little bit, so all you guys know a little bit more. But 
uh, you know, it, think about it. I am thinking about it. <laughs> Do you mean it as a way of motivating others or just to motivating yourself? Both. Both. Everybody that hears it. Because it creates a sense of urgency or a sense of, well, a sense of lack for the listener. Oh, I don't have that. So, oh. Oh, I don't know. That's interesting. Or is it, are you talking about, so for example, there's a company out there that we put our money into that does microloans, right? For, um, we do disadvantaged business, women, small business in foreign countries, things like that, right? And part of the payback model for those microloans is that they put the money with four or five different small businesses that are all in the same community. And the loan is on all of them, not just one of them. So they have a social pressure, like what you're talking about, yeah. to pay the loan back. Yeah. Those have been shown to be something like 80% more successful than any other bank loan that's just to you based on your credit. So I didn't even know that, and that's not surprising, and I'm, I'm glad that seems to back my claim a little bit. It's just what came to mind when you were talking about the idea, um, because I don't know if, for me, the word bragging describes what you're talking about really very accurately, right? Um, I think that has like more of a negative connotation, but to like invoke some social pressure to kind of keep yourself um, needing to perform, I think the environment might do a lot of that on its own because there's all this like, you know, I've got to do more push-ups than you and I've got to run faster than the other guy. For me, my thought is that if you have to say something about it, and this may be contrary to yours or not, it may be a companion to it. If you have to say something about it, you doubt yourself. And self-doubt, for me, is one of the most limiting mental factors. The great lie that can really mess everything up for you. So if I'm doing it, I don't have to say anything because I know it. So that's how, that's my approach with it, is if you're telling someone, I'm going to be a PJ or I am a PJ or something like that, you're doing that because you lack that self-worth level that I know that I'm doing that so I don't have to say it right yeah I can remember though I did tell my mom like I'm getting a gray beret I told her it years before and I did get it and she remembered that down the road so that's not real that's not bragging though so what we're talking about now with you is something else we're talking about apples and oranges in a way but I think yeah what would you call what you're saying you got it well this is a, a thing that Shannon and I walk into all the time is we all speak English, but nobody uses the same words. So like when you say bragging to me, I'm thinking Justin Bieber and some kind of fucking like people bragging versus, you know, what, but think about, about flexing. Yeah. <laughs> See, everybody's got a different word, yeah, okay, okay. right? So your understanding of a word isn't, it's, it, maybe it's age, maybe it's where you came from I mean all kinds of dialects so I like this is awesome alright so we have to take a pee break yeah. <laughs> what you're talking about now just talked about the uh, that's philosophy of language it's a whole on course now in universities we and shit that. philosophy of language where they talk about the subjectivity of this word and based on what what culture those are the factors that you said age yeah, all that shit where you came from I mean well, so we were talking about this over this trip was one of the things that I love that Bruce Lee says, and English is his second language. So the words mean something different to him than they mean to me because English is my first language. And I love hearing people's perspectives or the meanings that really connect with them on words. And he said, 
words coming out of your mouth have power and your body will respond to them. So don't ever say anything negative about yourself because it casts a spell on your body. That's why they call it spelling, right? And so that is kind of what we're discussing. Semantics, um, colloquialisms, all of those language things. And that's why I think I posed the question to you the way I did because I think what we're talking about is kind of a companion of self-worth, understanding your own identity, not having to prove it, and putting things out there that you want to attain, goals you want to set, making them known to people you care about, makes you understand that that's a goal and I've spoken it. So now I've really got to go get it. A little bit more motivation, a little bit more drive internally. Mm -hmm. And I think those two things go together. But also that even though we're all speaking a little bit different here, the fact that we can have a conversation about it and I can get more understanding about what you're saying and more understanding about what you're saying, like that's really missing in our culture. It's it's the ability to have conversations and get more depth and not being afraid to say, well, I'm not really sure what you mean by that or can you help me understand rather than just being like whatever and then just walking away. That's Mm -hmm. why so many younger people, it seems they lack insight because they're not asking more questions. You need to follow up questions. Yeah. Don't what? just stop with the, like you said, we, what was this weekend with us talking to people was getting into those deeper conversations. Mm-hmm. Getting past the surface. And I think what Shanda's saying I think is really important because in order to have an argument, an argument isn't two people yelling at each other. That's a screaming match, right? But what we're having is actually an argument. We're presenting different arguments to show a point of view or a perspective, and then we're learning from each of those. And what, But what we're doing it without any kind of guile, any kind of offense taken by you not agreeing with what I'm saying or misunderstanding my words. And so that, I think, is what's missing. People can't have this kind of conversation and get knowledge and learn from other people's perspectives because they're too busy getting upset, frustrated, offended, and jumping off into emotion as opposed to trying to gain knowledge and value. Right. What's he actually saying? Yeah. What's he mean? What does that come, where does that come from? Why is that important to him? What can I learn from that? You're good. Oh, shit. I was going to say, I always ask myself, like, regardless, how can I use this? Mm-hmm. You know, like, how can I use this information? And maybe I use it as something that I don't want. But most of the time, if I'm, if I ask, if I, if I'm focused on not what's coming out, but how it's useful, then I'm not offended or I don't take anything personally because it's just a, it's just a fact. It just is what it is. So this ends the side of tape one. Flip over for side tape two. 